program is transcribed. Ellery Queen. In the interest of a safer American home, a happier American community, a more united state, the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Ellery Queen. I dedicate this program to the fight against crime. Not only crimes of violence and crimes of dishonesty, but also crimes of intolerance, discrimination, and bad citizenship. Crimes against America. The American Broadcasting Company presents another case in the career of Ellery Queen, celebrated fighter of crime. As usual, Ellery invites you to match wits with him as he relates the mystery. And before revealing the solution, he gives you a chance to solve it. Tonight, Ellery's guest armchair detective, who will represent you home armchair detectives, is the popular Hollywood columnist, Miss Sheila Graham. And now, Ellery Queen, your host for the next half hour. Thank you, Paul Masterson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard me investigate crimes in just about every imaginable place. Well, our crime tonight took place in the strangest locale of all, right on my own radio program. I call it... The... Stop! Oh. Ellery, hold what? it, will you? What's the matter for? What is it? Ellery, you can't do this. You'll have to switch. Give us another oh, case. Oh, why? Murder on the Queen show? Are you crazy? You'll scare the bajinkers out of people, Ellery. They'll think it's actually happening in this studio yes, during the broadcast. Very good point, Paul. Yes, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, I ask you to be sure and keep in mind throughout the next half hour that you're listening to a case from the past, a crime that occurred a long time ago. Satisfied, Paul? Thanks, Ellery. <laughs> It's a case I've always called The Armchair Detective. Veteran Queen fans will recall that in the early days of our radio show, as today, I invited some well-known person to come to the studio and sit in the guest detective's armchair. Then, as now, it was usually fun. But on the night I had in mind, things didn't quite go in the usual way. That night, about 15 minutes before we were scheduled to go on the air... And... Everybody got the cuts? I think so. Still, how are we on time? We'll have to pick up 15 seconds, Ellery. Oh, Come on, catch and fill the back again. All right, coming then. Who is it tonight? Dr. Monty McCain. Who? You know, the college professor who has his own radio show. McKing's English. Oh, oh. Correct English crusader. That's right. Better brush up my grammar. <laughs> After you, Nikki. Thanks. Still? Ah, here's Porter again. Uh, Dr. McKing, Ellery Queen in the body. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do, sir? I'm almost afraid to answer, Dr. McKing. I might hang a participle or something. <laughs> <laughs> Darling. Oh, Rosemary, I'm sorry. My dear, may I present Mr. Ellery Queen? How do you do, Mr. McKay? And uh, this character is my brother and business manager, Bud McKay. Oh, hello there. I uh, think our paths have crossed in radio. As a small business. Say, Ellery, seeing that we're pals, how about tipping Marty off to tonight's solution? Huh? Oh, sorry. Bud, <laughs> we are rebuffed. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, yes, sorry, Elsie. Uh, my secretary, Miss Woolen. Miss Woolen. This is really a thrill, Mr. Queen. I'm a. Uh... I'm a dyed-in-the-wool queen fan. Oh, why isn't that nice? Thank you, Miss Woolen. Oh, Dr. McKinley, we haven't too much time. Shall we go into the guest detective room? Oh, uh, 
Modest to sit in a special room, Mr. Queen. Right in here, Mrs. McKing. Well, it happens to the best of us. In just a moment, I'll 
nice mystery, but first... The control room cut our armchair detective's room off the air that night just in time. As Mickey and I hurried around the table to Dr. McKing's chair. He fell off his chair. Doctor. Queen. Queen, I... I poisoned. Poisoned? By what, Dr. McKing? What then? Search Rosemary. Doctor. Search Rosemary? That's his wife. Dr. McKing. Hillary, call a doctor. For what, Mickey? Hillary, what's going on in here? What's happened to your test? Hey. Dead, Phil. Dead? But we're still on the air. Mickey, the poison is in that glass of water McKing just drank. Our water? From the pitcher? Pitcher's loaded with it, too. Smell this, Phil. Huh? Oh, what am I doing? Hillary, for the love of Mike, we're still on. You've got to finish the show. Solve oh, the murder. Yes, solve the murder. Phil had this room guarded till we're off the air. Mickey? Yes, Hillary. Back to the mic. I don't know how we got through the rest of the program. My mind's a blank on the whole thing. But the minute we went off the air that evening, Ellery hurried back to the guest room to solve a very different kind of murder. The murder of his own armchair detective. No, no, no! I didn't inspect the queen. I didn't, I tell you. Mrs. McKinney, your husband's dying words were to search you. Well, you didn't find anything on me, did you? The idea of murder is ridiculous. Queen, my brother probably committed suicide. Impossible, but The poison that killed him comes only in liquid form, so it must have been in the container. And there's no poison container of any kind, either on Dr. McKing's body or in this room. Inspector. Billy. I found it. Ah. The bottle's empty, Inspector, but smell it. Uh Uh-huh. This is it, all right. Sergeant, where'd you find that bottle? On the floor of that glass enclosed booth where Miss McKing, Bud McKing, and Miss Woolen watched the broadcast, Maestro. The client's booth? Oh, Nicky. Feeling better? Oh, yes, sir. Well, no one else was in that booth, Inspector. Just his wife, his brother, and his secretary. Sort of simplifies it. Hillary, you sure the water in this picture was okay when the McKing party first came in here with you and Nicky? Before we went in the air? Positive, Dad. Oh, Inspector Hillary drank a glass full of it himself. So one of these three dropped the poison into the picture before Miss Porter escorted him out. Disposed of the empty bottle in the booth. I'm afraid we forced the poisoner's hand, Nicky, by sending them into that booth. Mrs. McKing, it looked as if your husband had noticed you fooling around with that picture. If Marty had seen me drop poison into the water, would he have drunk any of it? Rosemary's got a point there, Inspector. He probably didn't get the significance of what he'd seen until he realized he was poisoned. But when he does realize it, he says to search you for the bottle. But why should I murder Marty? I loved my husband. I loved him dearly. Life won't be the same. I'll say it won't. Miss Woolen. What did you say? Oh, nothing. Nothing. What did you mean, Miss Woolen? Yes, go on, Elsie. Say it. All right, I will. Dr. McKing was the kindest husband in the world to her. And all she cared about was money. Money for clothes, furs, and jewelry. And when he had to close down her charge account, she... She poisoned him. Out of revenge? How much will it? No. For his estate. His will leaves everything to her. That's why Mrs. McKing poisoned him. For his money. Well, Mrs. McKing? What can I say, Mr. Queen, that I'm innocent? I've already told you that a dozen times. True, I've been extravagant, and I was angry when Monty clamped down on me, but commit murder for money? The man I loved? Henry, come out with me a minute. Oh, yes, Dad. Shut the door. Well, shut it. It's shut, Dad. Oh. Well, the 
King did put the finger on his wife. Well, may have been no more than a stab in the dark, Dad. Certainly not enough to hold her on. I think I'll send her home. Have Beely Gumshoe the house on the QT. Might send Nikki home with her, too. Good idea, Dad. She could snoop out information where they wouldn't give out the time of day. Blasted. Sure, but what? Dad, ever since McKing said search Rosemary, I've had the weirdest feeling that... That he meant something else? I don't know. I had the feeling there's a clue. A clue I've missed or forgotten. A clue that ties in with McKing's dying words. Maybe something that happened during the... Of course. You've got it? No, Dad. No, but I know where I can get it. Talk sense. Well, they always make recordings for the Queen Show, Dad. Now, you go ahead with your plans. I'm going to take a recording of tonight's show home and play it back. All night, if necessary. The spot that... Whatever it is. Back to the house. I know. I saw him go in. 
trying to sneak in, so maybe I'd better come in at that. What was that? Ten days ago. 
Due to a recent disturbing episode, I am writing this note as a precaution. If anyone finds it, I'm the only one who uses the spice cabinet, so it is safe against accidental discovery. It will be because they are investigating my murder. The other night, a certain person close to me threatened my life. I was inclined to at first dismiss it as hysteria. Now I am not so sure. If anything happens to me, the person who threatened to kill me was... Oh, Ellery. Come on, maestro. Elsie Woolen, my secretary. Signed, Monty McKing. Billy, get that Woolen girl down here. tonight, I'm a little worried about occupying this post. Oh, oh you have nothing <laughs> to be afraid of. Uh, perhaps you'd like a glass of water to help you relax. Heavens, no! <laughs> oh. That's the last thing in the world I'd want. Well, I can't say that I blame you. But now suppose we get down to business. Tell me, who do you think is the criminal in tonight's story? Well, it's very complicated tonight. Oh, sure. <laughs> but I think Miss Woolen, the secretary, did it. I see. And, uh, you... See, it, uh, well, it was a very subtle murder. Mm-hmm. It takes a smart girl 
to murder a man like that and took a lot of preparation. Secretaries yes. are usually rather smart, and she knew this man. And she knew that he might get thirsty. He obviously got thirsty very often in his office. And also he said that somebody uh, very hysterically threatened his life Yes. Previously. You mean in the note he left? Yes, for in the him. note he left. Mm -hmm. And she was a very hysterical woman, so I think Miss Woolen did it. Thank oh, you very much, Miss Sheila Graham. We'll find out in just a moment if your solution is correct. Now, here is Paul Masterson. A second great war has, in the not too distant past, drawn to a close. The magnificent, self sacrificing work of the International Red Cross will long be remembered. At home, the American Red Cross has always been on the job whenever disaster struck whether it was a tornado, earthquake, fire, or flood. It is our duty and our privilege to help make the 1948 Red Cross campaign the best ever. The quota is set at $75 million. By giving to the Red Cross, you are giving directly to your relatives and friends and the armed forces and here at home. Let's make 1948 the banner year in donations to the American Red Cross. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. He's just too, too smart. Always knows the answer to mysteries. Well, I want to hear it. Mickey, pipe down. What have you got, Elrie? Swelled head. Mickey. <laughs> it's all right, Dad. It's that crack on the skull. Well, now, what was Dr. Monty McKing's profession? What was he most famous for? His radio program. McKing's English. He's authority on the correct usage of the English language. Then let's take another look at that note we just found in the rosemary jar. I quote... Due to a recent disturbing episode, I am writing, and so forth. Uh, something wrong there, Maestro? Well, Sergeant, due to in that sentence is hopelessly incorrect. Oh, it is, huh? It should read, because of a recent disturbance. I am writing, and so forth. Due to can never be used adverbially. Is that so? And this, if anyone finds it, it'll be because they are investigating my murder. Anyone must be followed by he. One can't possibly mean the plural. Oh, Miss Porter is with us again. Yes, Nicky. Another mistake. And this, I was inclined to at first dismiss... A split in Fairytale. A split in what? <laughs> in other words, this short note, purportedly from the pen of an authority on correct English, reveals not one, not two, but three of the commonest errors of usage. Incredible. Conclusion, Dr. McKing did not write the note. It's a phony. Uh, I mean, a forgery. And since the note was not written by Dr. McKing, it was not left in the Rosemary jar by Dr. McKing either. Someone else left the note in the jar, obviously the real writer of the note, the forger. Hillary, why? What was accomplished by it? Well, a great deal, Dad. It made us believe that the word Rosemary in Dr. McKing's dying statement, search Rosemary, meant Rosemary the herb rather than Rosemary the name of a woman. And who gains by our thinking that the victim was not accusing a woman named Rosemary, but was merely telling us to look for a note in a spice jar? Only Rosemary McKay herself. She did poison her husband. Tried to twist his accusation of her to mean something entirely different, because she had a guilty conscience. So tonight, after I put her to bed, she forged her husband's signature to a note accusing Elsie Woolen, then sneaked downstairs, left the note in the Rosemary jar as a blind... And then Nicky deliberately led us to that jar. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let us to the jar, Maestro? Well, by wrecking the kitchen, Sergeant. What was that but a clever device to draw our attention to it? To make us search it and find her plant in the rosemary jar. And then on her way back upstairs, she bumped into me in the dark and let me have it. But... Uh, 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 uh. At that, Rosemary's attempt to lead us down a false trail might have succeeded. 
If only she'd learn from her victim the rules governing the English language. Well, here's where she learns something about the rules governing murder. Really? Oh, Rosemary McKing? For the murder of my armchair detective. <laughs> uh, oh. Yes, sir. gentlemen, you have the solution to our mystery. Thank you again, Miss Sheila Graham, for serving as our guest armchair detective this evening. As mementos of the occasion, I have for you a copy of my latest mystery anthology, The Queen's Awards, 1947, and a subscription to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. Ah, Paul. Feeling all right? Well, I guess we're okay. There have been no calls yet asking if our armchair detective's really been knocked off. <laughs> and what are you worried about? Among other things, Ellery, next week. Never mind about next week. What's the matter, Nikki? What gives next week that it darkens the fair brow and brings lightning into those beauteous orbs? Why, Paul. Well, it's nothing, Nikki. I, I guess you bring out the poet in me. Paul. Nikki. Remember me? Go away. Uh, not you, Nikki. Yes, I remember you, Ellery Q. I remember that female, too. <laughs> what female? Oh. Nikki's referring to next week's problem. I'll say she was a problem. Uh, what was her... Uh, I mean, its name, Ellery. Well, you were right the first time, Paul. I call her... Uh, I mean, it. The Farmer's Daughter. This is Ellery Queen saying goodnight until next week and enlisting all Americans every night and every day in the fight against bad citizenship, bigotry, and discrimination, the crimes which are weakening America. All names used on this program are fictitious and do not refer to real people, either living or dead. Among the members of tonight's cast were Larry Dobkin, Herb Butterfield, Kay Brinker, Alan Reed, Joan Banks, Bill Johnston, Charles Seal, Ann Morrison, and Joe Kern. Music was by Rex Corey, direction by Dick Woolen, entire production under the supervision of Ellery Queen. Now, a listening reminder. For a hilarious combination of spring fever and spring house cleaning, listen when Willie Piper spring fever combats his wife's feverish energy on Tales of Willie Piper tonight. The preceding program came to you by transcription. The best time to plan for the future of your children is when they're small. That's the time to set up a nest egg for their education. And your banker will tell you that the best way to do it is to put the money...